0: Dad.
1: Been a more fitting song than for tonight. Worship the Lord. Amen. Don't you just love him so much? He's worthy of all our praise and honor. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Naomi. I don't see you. Where are you at? Sister Hannah, God bless you. If you don't know, that was the song, those little business cards we gave out. Have you met the man in the middle? That was the inspiration behind those cards it's that man in the middle he set me free he made it possible his sacrifice so i could live oh how great he is amen amen as good as that special was i have to say landon that was one of the best specials i ever heard amen he said that might be biased that's nice i'll always be biased towards him (laughs) amen i just love it when children want to sing Amen. He te- my wife texted me on Thursday and said Landon is convinced he wants to sing a special. We never asked him. He came up and said I want to sing and he said I want to just be a blessing and a- Hey, if you want to sing, sing. Amen. Amen. What a blessing to be a part of the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. God has been so good to us. And we so appreciate the the song service tonight and this morning and the, the ministry this morning. It was just such a timely message and Amen. as brother ed started preaching i thought oh boy yesterday i usually scroll through some messages just wait for something to strike you know and the lord laid a thought on my heart about two three weeks ago and then i just was looking to see lord what would you what direction should i take it and i stopped on the message who is this melchizedek (laughs) and you know what was preached this morning and then This morning I got in the car and my wife was listening to the message, who is this Melchizedek? So here we are tonight and thank the Lord it's not just us here, but Melchizedek is here. Amen. Amen. I just want to make a quick announcement in case you didn't know Brother John Drake had passed away serving the Lord, but he passed on on Friday, July 9th, just on this last Friday. His doctors expressed their disappointment as he had begun to show good progress in recovering from the COVID infection when a sudden inoperable brain bleed developed. Brother John passed away very peacefully. His Christian testimony has been a tremendous blessing and even now he's still affecting many. Sister Iris Drake and the whole Drake family would like to thank all who held Brother John up in prayer during his illness. God bless you, and funeral arrangements will be announced once the details are finalized. Amen. I know John had been a blessing even to myself. He was a huge part of setting up the sound system in Grand Prairie, which I happen to have a huge part in, but he was the one who knew what was going on. I was just the one on the other end of the line saying, plug what into what? And he could tell you everything, and it was such a blessing, and amen, but he's walking in glory now. Amen let's take our Bibles together sorry to keep you sitting there God bless you now that the butterflies are headed in the same direction let's go to Luke chapter 7 I have a number of scriptures and I'm just seeking the Lord to see what would be a blessing tonight and I wanted to take for a title tonight and because god is still god i don't think we need another excuse to worship him See, well he's done this for me he's done that for me listen god is god i think it's brother josh bennett that sings the song even if you don't want to worship him he's still god even if you don't want to serve him he's still god even if you don't believe this message, he's still God. If you don't believe in Jesus, he's still God. You can't argue with it. He's still God, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will never change. Amen. What a blessed assurance that Jesus is mine. The song says, Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Amen. Luke chapter 7, verse 11 towards a a passage of scripture where it came to the city of Nain. And it came to pass the day after that he went into the city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. And when he had come nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. Two groups. Two groups begin to come together. There was one coming out, weeping, calling on the Lord, I'm sure, as she was a widow. It was her only son. It was her only hope. Her only thing that she had was gone. And now she's calling on the Lord, and here comes another group, though. Amen. It says, And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bier, or the the casket really, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother and there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited his people. Amen. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. Let's just bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly approach this precious word, Lord, that it is spirit and it is life. And Father, we need it, Lord, and we thank you for the worship, the music, the specials, the atmosphere that is here, Lord. Lord, you have truly been made welcome, Lord. Father, we ask that you would just come now and speak to our needs. You know every heart, Lord, and I pray that you would just sovereignly perform that which you have have to perform tonight. In Jesus Christ's name, we commit it to you. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats if you would like. I just would like to begin and start that Jesus was just coming from a place where he just healed the centurion's servant. He was in Capernaum. And he was there, and a centurion had come to him, and he'd begin to Speak with the centurion, and we know the story, how that he said, you know, I'm not even worthy that you would come under my roof. You just speak the word. That's all it takes. If you just speak the word, my servant will be healed. And we know Jesus, it records, and not in Luke, but in another place. I think it's in Mark where it records it. It could be wrong, but where he talks about how he said, to such great a faith, I've never seen, nor not in all of Israel. And how they would come. He began to break into eternity where he would begin to prophesy and say how they would come from the east and west and from the lands afar. And how they would sit down and, oh my, he'd begin to look at the something that was further, that was greater than even what was he was experiencing right there but it was brought on by one individual's faith because someone believed God and someone believed the word and took Jesus at his word and now as he's coming we we find out if you do the the research from Capernaum down to Nain it is about a 51 kilometer walk that's a bit of a walk that takes about 2,500 to 3,000 calories to walk that for an average man, about that—that's about a 160-pound man. So I'm a bit above that, but we'll just keep it at that. And we find that it take about—if you—if you average about two and a half, because they're traveling in a large group. There's a large group that's coming. They say, "What's the point of this? We're getting there. You'll understand." And as he come with a large group, they're not—they're not running. It's not a marathon. They're going slow. They've been walking about 11 or 12 hours to get down to Nain. And Jesus had a need to go there. But because of what had happened, because of the miracles, there'd been a group accumulated that began to follow him. And they were walking, and it's quite a laborious journey. As he comes there, I'm sure he's getting to the point of weariness and tired. I would be, there were some brothers here that went yesterday up hiking in the the mountains. They walked a long time. I'm sure last night they were a little bit tired from that long walk and jesus had been out walking and jesus had walked a long way but when he finally come there come another group out of the city and as they come out of the city they were there weeping and they were there calling on the lord and saying why is these things gone about me and brother brown would pick it up in the message he careth for you and he'd say jesus cares so just cast your cares on him in your sorrow he cares when you lost your loved ones, he cares. He cares for the dead, those who have died in Christ. One day he was so weary in his way he could hardly go. But there come a band from the city, a little funeral procession. A little mother frantically throwing her arms and hands in the air and wringing them. And, oh, Jehovah, why did you take him? He's my only son. My, if we had more people that would just call on God that way, instead of looking at it saying, oh, God doesn't love me, he hates me, and this is bad, and this has gone wrong, and that's gone wrong. But Lord, I just seek your face. Why did you take it from me? You know the answer. I'm just looking to you. Because in everything there is a purpose, and he was tired and weary though. But he cared for that poor little heartbroken mother. Walked over. To that little casket that was carried there. He just touched the casket. One miracle, he didn't even go in the house. He just spoke the word and someone had faith. This one, he didn't even touch the dead boy. He just touched the wood that was surrounding him. Hallelujah. He just touched the casket that was carrying him. And just from that, he said, son, arise. That was all it took. It didn't take a lot. Just a little word spoken that said, arise. And he rose up and he began to speak. I always wonder what his first words might have been. Perhaps it was, who are you? Perhaps it was, what's going on? Perhaps it was, I thought I was just in the house the other moment ago. Why am I out here? What's up with this box? Why am I in these clothes? What's going on? But there was something that had come by his way where he recognized that that I'm alive now. And the mother began to realize that something has changed. She didn't have to call out. She recognized the reason that her son had died was just so that God could receive the glory. Just so that God could show that he had transcended death. It was impossible for him to be made unclean. As the laws would have stated in Numbers chapter 18 or around there, that if he, was to, he were to touch a dead person or even the wood that carried the dead person, that it would, he would be considered unclean for about seven days or so, and you'd have to be purified and you'd have to go through all these things. But he was the Lord. Yeah. Amen. He didn't have to go through that. He was perpetually clean. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, amen. Go with me to Luke chapter 9. I hope you keep your Bibles open with you. We just want to maybe tonight it'd be a little bit more evangelistic, so keep your Bibles open and don't worry about the note pens. We'll just preach, you just pull. Yeah. Amen. I, I thought it would kind of go this way because this is the first time I've ministered to, without people being all messed up and harnessed, we'll call it. And, but you know, today we got something different. Yeah. Amen. It's amazing how a little piece of cloth over someone's face can sure be a nuisance. Oh my. Let me just say, y'all have a very nice smile. Hey man, Luke chapter 9 verse 52, we'll read another account here. We'll just jump in at this verse in verse 52. We would record, oh my, a few pages over, there we go, about Jairus' daughter, if I'm in the right place. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 8, verse 52. There we go, I apologize. Thought I wrote down the wrong scripture. We know he comes into the house and they're all weeping and it says in verse 52, Luke 8, 52, he says, and all wept and bewailed her. And he said, weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took, by her, took her by the hand and called saying, Maid, arise. Amen. Just the simplicity of the word of God. And he says, and her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat And her parents were astonished and he charged them that they they should tell no man what was done. Hallelujah. I can tell you he wasn't explaining to them, don't tell the testimony. He was explaining to them, don't tell them what you saw. Because she's going to go out from here. People watched her die. People are going to go out and they're going to say, I seen her dead and now she's alive. Jesus isn't turning around and saying, listen, don't tell anyone she's alive. No, she's alive. You can't deny that fact. But the fact of the matter is, don't tell the impersonators how simple it is because it will create a whole bunch of confusion. And that's exactly what the angel of the Lord told Brother Brown. Don't try and teach them how to do it. It'll create a bunch of impersonators, and they won't be able to understand, and they won't happen that way, and there'll be uh, inconsistencies and wrong things said, and it'll confuse the people. But it takes a real genuine and Jesus was the original dollar bill. Amen. He was the original, and he said, don't, don't teach them how this is done. Just show them what happened hallelujah that's exactly the way it is when someone raises from death unto life in the new birth you might be looking and saying I know I got some brother Andrew but I can't explain to you how I got it but I know I got it I can't tell you if it was at the altar and I can't tell you if it was in my bedroom but something changed and I can point back to it and I can say I know I was this way and now I'm that way Hallelujah. And oh, there's those individuals I know. I'm not one of them, but there is those individuals that knew the moment. They know the day. They know the absolute hour. And praise God for that. But I want to tell you, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for a change of the inside man that the old man is dead and there's a new man that's living in you instead. John chapter 11, a very familiar scripture to us all. If I have the right one written down. John chapter 11, verse 43. We know the story of how he came down to Lazarus into the tomb. And when he finally got down there, we know that he wept for he loved him very much. But in verse 43, it says, And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Amen. Amen. It wasn't a long drawn out sermon that we're going to preach everybody into the rapture. Though there is a place in the scripture for long drawn out sermons okay we'll get to it pretty soon but jesus wasn't one who preached that way peter wasn't one who preached that way they weren't that kind of an individual but they created an atmosphere and jesus knew being the word that what he said must come to pass he didn't have to preach lazarus out of the grave he just had to call him by name if you go over to acts chapter 9 with me Acts chapter 9 and verse 40. We know that this one, Tabitha, she'd, she'd passed away and she was a great blessing to the body and they'd brought Peter to her. And Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed. And turning him to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. Arise. There's a man that was there when Jairus' daughter was raised. <laughs> he wasn't one that had to be told about what happened. He watched it done. He was there, Peter, James, and John, in the room with them. And he knew that all they had to do was take her by the hand and say, arise. And by faith, the life was going to come back. And he knew he was standing there with Tabitha. He was the same man. He said, I know what you did. Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you just had to take her by the hand, all I have to do is take her by the hand and say, Arise. Hallelujah. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when they had called the saints and the widows, presented her alive. Oh, praise be to God. That's a nice funeral you got the corridors and everyone, they want to make it present. Here's the the, the body that we've made and preserved as best we can. But here's a man that comes. i got to present the body to you, walking on its own two feet, perfectly alive. (laughs) Hallelujah. I would have loved to have been at that one. Acts chapter 20. Here's your long-winded service. Acts chapter 20, verse 9. And it says, and there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, and, and, and being fallen into a deep sleep as Paul was long preaching. There you are. He sunk down with sleep and fell down the third loft, from the third loft, and was taken up dead. Now, if you stop there, you can say, see, that's what happens when you preach a long time. <laughs> but you got to read the next verse. And Paul went down and fell on him, embracing him, said, trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. Hallelujah. Here's one that wasn't in the room when Jesus took the Jairus' daughter's hand. He wasn't there. He didn't see what happened. He didn't have an example to say, just do it this way, but he had a revelation. He didn't need to see something with his physical eyes. He had a revelation. He said, the same God that is in Jesus, the same God that is Jesus is in me right now. And I don't have to know. He didn't stop and say, okay, I got to put him in a chair and I got to take him by the hand and I got to maybe say up and say arise. No, he just fell on him and embraced him and said, don't trouble yourself. The breath of life is in him. Hallelujah. You could take it one way or the other. You could say, I've seen this happen. I've seen that happen. But you could take it. There's one thing that you cannot mistake, and that is revelation. When God gives revelation, no one can take it away from you. And God, as we heard Brother Ed say, will not give you a false revelation. And that's absolutely the truth. The Bible says, I'm so glad that in this dark hour, Jesus is walking along with his church, showing himself alive. This is the darkest hour the world has ever seen. Amen. Since the dawn of time, never has it been like this. Never has it been so separated. Never has the church been so torn into pieces. Never has it been so denominationally eat up in so many differences, so many sensations and things going on in the church. You say, oh, that's just the denominations. You go right on believing that if you want. The bride's not tore up. The bride's not separated. But there's churches, there's factions, there's going this way, there's going that way. But the ones that stay with the word, that come and realize the same spirit that's in me is testifying the same word of God and spirit that's in you, therefore you can't be separated because you're of one body. But it is the darkest hour. That's when Jesus comes along. We get to tell the story of, of the, the, the woman that had the blood issue, and he says across the other side of the shore, when the little ship pulled itself into the shore the next morning, there, was a little, there, there had been a little woman who lived up on the hillside, and she perhaps sold everything on the farm. She tried to be healed by the doctors, and none of them could do no good. She perhaps sold the team all of her horses and animals. She'd sold everything she had, spent all her living in her poor little frail peaked body, her little pale cheeks. Every hope was gone. Nothing could take place. Oh, my. What a situation. Yet there's those today that still find themselves in this situation. We thank God for doctors, but sometimes they go as far as they can go. They go as far as they can. They do everything they can, but there's only so much they can do. It's God that is the healer. He says, "Now she could not go to Jesus, but there's one blessed thing: when you can't go to Him, He can come to you. Hallelujah! And He's never failed at any time. One day, way down in the land of Gadara, no doubt, a sociable, God-fearing citizen once lived." In Gadara, we know about the maniac of Gadarene. Well, his brother Branham just winds back the story. So I'm sure he was a sociable, God-fearing citizen once lived, and he got out with the wrong crowd. Just married, had two, three little kitties. We got mixed up with the wrong people. There was this young man and young woman, loses out, getting mixed up with the wrong people, the wrong associates. So one night they take him out, give him a little drink, all play a little game, do a little this, gamble a little, it won't hurt. Then the first devil entered in. He went home and had to tell his wife a lie where he'd been. The second devil entered in. Until he was possessed with a legion, he got beyond help. And the poor people, the poor fellow was drove out into the tombs. You ever notice, Brother Branham says, the devil likes to dwell in tombs. The devil stays around in the old dead place. He said, and that don't exclude churches either. When they get cold, it's called the devil's hangout. (laughs) Oh, my, I'm so thankful we ain't that way. Poor little hot on the fire. And the poor fellow was drove out into the tombs, a dead place. And they bound him in chains and they plucked him. And he plucked them asunder and, and he was so possessed someone would come and he'd try and kill them. And he says, but the devil can drive you into a bar room, into a street and morally and do all kinds of things of the world which is contrary to your own nature because you were born to be a son and daughter of God. And the devil can make you do things and cheat on your husband, cheat on your wife and steal and lie. How much more can God, when he gets full possession of you, cause you to do things? Hallelujah. And this little legion, little fellow, no hopes at all. He's out there in the tombs with the devil. And year after year got worse and worse. And he's got so that no man could pass that way. How he didn't want to hurt anyone. He knew better to do that Oh my, but he says he was excommunicated from all society, from the city. The devil drove him out of his mind. He's out there in the tomb. But in his darkest hour that he'd ever seen, then Jesus came along and cast the devils out of him. Yeah. Hallelujah. We were just talking, brother Jeff and I in the back office. Oh, we were talking about doesn't matter how it seems like someone's life is just so glossed over. seems like they get so cold and there's no hope for them at all. It just takes God one time to come on by. Hallelujah. It just takes God to just let a wind blow through that dead fire and watch it whip up some flames again. Watch something take place. You might have someone on your heart where you're saying, God, I don't know how you're ever going to get a hold of them. God is more than able because God is still God. He doesn't change. And this was a complete reject of society. They had given up on him. All the psychiatrists, all the priests, all the doctors, everything they had, they said, there's no hope for you at all. We're going to just lock you up in an insane institution called the tomb. We're going to put you out there, and the devil's driving him out. He's trying to kill everybody, but just one man come by the way. Hallelujah. I could imagine Peter, and maybe as the Chosen Series calls him, Big James. You know, and they're trying to stop him and pull him back. Jesus, don't you know who that man is? You don't want to call him. He's dragging chains. They had him chained up. They tried. This is just don't worry. <laughs> he cares. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm so happy. By the way, you all chose to come here tonight. Season finale, season two of the Chosen's playing right now. So God bless you now you decided to come hear the message of the hour. Certainly love you all. It's good to see you. Amen. We know how the story ends anyways. And it isn't on a cross. That's just the beginning. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. But notice God is perfected in threes. And here, Jesus, he'd raised Jairus' daughter. He'd raised the widow of Nain's son. He'd raised Lazarus from the dead. Three, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the same God today. It was the same God in Peter as Peter took the hand of Tabitha and said, arise. That wasn't Peter It was a man, Peter, when he was denying Jesus three times. But it wasn't a man, Peter, that stood there and said, Arise. It was God speaking through a man. You heard the quote this morning from who is this, Melchizedek. That was God above us, God with us. Now it's God in us, the Holy Spirit, not a third person, the same person. Hallelujah. It's not a third person. It's not another something. It's not Jesus up there. And we got a little offshoot. No, it's the same God. Milk is a deck. Let's go over to Genesis 14. Let's, I know Brother Ed took some of this this morning, but he didn't take Genesis 14, I don't think. So we'll pick that one up. Genesis chapter 14 and verse 17. It says, And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Shaldelemon. If I'm saying that right. And of the kings that were with him in the valley of Sheva, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High, God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Oh my. You ever stopped for a moment and wondered how did, how did Abraham recognize who this was? Abraham, but, but, but he was so certain of who it was, he gave him a tenth. Yeah. He was so convinced of who this man was that he was convinced this was God. I deserve uh, to give him a tenth of everything. This is the priest of the most high God. I must give him, I must do this. And he bowed himself. He gave it. Oh my, what will cause that? Yeah. Perhaps you can say, Oh, he saw a vision, maybe. Or you could say, perhaps the prophet, being a prophet, he recognized the word. Perhaps. I'll just say, perhaps I believe that it was the voice. That's just the way my revelation is. The same voice that spoke to him and said, come out of her. I'll show you a land. He never seen the voice, but he heard the voice. And now he went to the one, and this one began to speak. And Abraham said, I recognize that one. I know that voice. I've heard that voice. I've longed for that voice day after day after day after day, and now I've met the one. (laughs) Hallelujah. And having met Melchizedek on the plains of Mamre, later he saw three walking towards him. And now, watch how did Abraham recognize that? He's called him Elohim, my Lord, L O R T, Elohim, which means the, the self sufficient one, the all sufficient one, the great creator himself. Oh my, he was without beginning of days, Melchizedek. He was without ending of life, no father, no mother. Made like unto the Son of Man. If you read it in Hebrews chapter 7, the beginning. Brother, Brother Ed read it this morning. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 1 says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, and to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Oh, hallelujah. Without father, without mother, without descend, with neither having beginning of days nor end of life, but having been made like unto you, the Son of God abideth a priest continually. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Let's go to one more place before I carry on. Let me lay one more scripture here. Romans chapter 4. If you've been listening to the podcast, you're becoming very familiar with this scripture. Romans chapter 4 and verse 16 says, Therefore it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end of the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that which is of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. This happens to be what I happen to believe. It was the voice that he recognized because we are the royal seed of Abraham and it's not a man that we're looking to. It's a voice that we recognized. Again in the message, who is this Melchizedek? He says, now the difference between him and you, Jesus and you as a son. See, he was at the beginning the word. And in Morphe body, he came in and lived in that in the person of Melchizedek. Then later he, he nev- we never heard no more of Melchizedek because he became Jesus Christ. Melchizedek was the priest, but when he became, but he became Jesus Christ. Now you bypass, we, me, and you bypassed our Theophany. We bypassed that because in that form he knew all things, and you were never able to know that yet (laughs) hallelujah think about it here was god on earth that he had he already had his theophany he'd already been there he was melchizedek he was the one that didn't have beginning of days there was no ending in life he just changed his mask and came down into a baby became jesus christ and he began to come up and he was raised and he come 12 years old about his father's business he had to be But Jesus, when he died on Good Friday, he was a man. But When he rose on Sunday morning, he was more than just a man. Amen. I trust do I have to go back and preach all of that. We know that off by heart. When he died on the cross, he was a man. He couldn't die as God. But when he rose again on the third day, that was more than a man. A man can't come out of the grave, but God himself. Hallelujah. When he wept at the grave of Lazarus, Brother Panam would say he was a man. But when he called and said, Lazarus, come forth. That was more than a man. He wasn't just a prophet. They were right when they said, when the widow of Nain's son was raised, and they said, the great prophet has come, and God has visited this place. Both were right. He was a prophet, and he was God. Hallelujah. He was more than just a prophet. He was God. Yet when David saw him in Psalms chapter 110, he said these words. He said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy, my, thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall, shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. <laughs> Hallelujah. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Oh my, what did we read in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 3? That he was a high priest continually. Amen, and here's David seeing the same one. Like I saw the Lord said unto my Lord, who's talking to who here? It's an office, it's God in Morphe, that he was Jesus Christ, the son of God. But now has even Brother Bradham seen in a vision that it was like a blood bumper all around the earth, making continual intercession on our behalf, as Romans says. Let me go to another place, Daniel chapter 7. Are you with me still? Amen. Amen. It says, I saw in the night visions and behold one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom and all people nations and languages should serve him his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that shall not be destroyed. Oh, hallelujah. And if we jump down to verse 21, Brother Ethan, it says, And I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the ancient of days came. And judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Oh, my. Now, We can put this in the millennium. We can put this in the New Jerusalem. We can put it all kind of places. But I want to say something right now because when we get a body change, we just change our location. We change this outward body. Who you already are is who you are. In your soul, you've already been changed. You've already potentially possessed the land. You've already claimed the inheritance. So when does this possession happen? It is a possession by revelation of the word of the Lord. Footsteps is possession, right? Naturally speaking, back in the back in the the. the, the children of Israel going into the promised land, that they had footsteps and whatever they would walk. That's why Caleb would say, give me my mountain. That was the place where I spied out. I walked around that mountain. That's mine. I've possessed that and I'm going to go take it and no one can stop me from it at 80 years old. But what is it today? The more revelation that you receive and walk in it, the more you are possessing the kingdom that is already within you by birth. Because you're born into this kingdom. And the more revelation that God gives you, more upon more upon more, and the more you walk in it, you're possessing that land. You're possessing the inheritance. Because if you take a step back into Daniel, where it says in verse 20, Behold, in the same horde made war against the saints and prevailed against them. There's a prevailing, but there's a pride that is not ever prevailed over. Cause she's more than an overcomer. Now, stay with me. Don't get all in a knot. I can hear some of your gears turning, <laughs> and it's good. But it says, "One like unto the Son of Man." And Daniel. It says a priest after the order of Melchizedek in Psalms. Hebrews it says that it was talking about Melchizedek and he says that he was one like unto the son of man. The son of God. Who is this all along? How can God, when he says the Lord said unto my Lord. How can God approach God? And speak to God. Being one God in three offices. Yet have communication between offices while remaining one God. They say, well now, I mean, what I've just laid out for you is the best Trinitarian argument possible. That's the best that they have. My Lord said unto my Lord, and the one like on the Son of man approached the ancient of days. How can these things be? Let's take it one step further and give them a little bit more. It says, and Father, in John chapter 12, says, Father, glorify thy name, verse 28. Then came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And the people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered, and others said an angel spake to him. Well, now you really got something going on. (laughs) Hallelujah. I feel confident to go down this path, mostly because of what Brother Ed said the other day when he said, God will not give you a revelation of the Trinity. (laughs) Because that is false. And Jesus answered and said, verse 30, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Notice what Jesus says. He doesn't say the voice that came from everything. This voice that did not come because of me, but for your sakes, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of the world be cast out, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Now who's speaking to who? John chapter three verse thirteen says it this way: it "Says no man, no man. Let's say it right, no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven." Now who's speaking? Jesus Himself, the Son of Man, who's standing there in front of them, which says, "Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven." It's God all alone. You have to answer the question, what was happening in the moment of John chapter 12? Jesus was revealing a mystery. If I, the Son of Man, be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. There was a voice that came and said, I will glorify it. I've both glorified it, and I will glorify it again. And to some said it thundered. Some, an angel spoke. But he knew what the voice was. That's why he said, this voice didn't come because of me. It came for you. He himself speaking from heaven because he never bypassed his theophany. He only changed his mask. Every time the lamb opened the seals in Revelation, every seal he revealed, it thundered. He pulled out the first seal, thunder, second seal, thunder, thunder. Thunder! What's going on? Why well, does some look at it and say it thundered? Yeah. We even find it today when Brother Branham was there in Sabino Canyon and he threw up the stone, and, and we know the whirlwind. He said, different time actually. He said, "Brothers, get away from me!" And, and get away. he, he got them get out of the car. And he said, "Something fixing to happen." And he walked over away from everybody. The whirlwind came down right above him. Some heard a thunder clap and a thunder clap, but to him. He said it said, judgment striking the West Coast. It was something to them, even the brothers at the time, was still a mystery they didn't quite understand because to them it was a thunderclap going off. So now here it is again. There's a voice speaking from heaven to to them and it's a thunder going off to many. To some it's an angel. To some it's something else. But here Jesus said the voice came for you. Now he says this and in verse... Uh, where he says it here in John chapter 12. He says, now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. When? In John chapter 12? You with me? Did it happen right there? No. Potentially, yes. But even still today, we're living in Satan's Eden. But he see, but he cries out in the flesh, "Father, glorify Thy name." Then answers Himself from eternity, where space time doesn't exist. You heard that with Brother Tom Ray. Where space time doesn't exist in eternity, there is no beginning, there is no end. It's eternity. There's no space of time. He can step forward way up into the future. He can step backwards way into the past. He's gone. So here he is in this space of time. It says, Father, glorify thy name. And all of a sudden, there comes a response back from the eternity. It says, I have both glorified it. When? At the cross. That hadn't happened yet. And we'll glorify it again. Speaks of both glorifications. I will glorify the name of Jesus at the cross, at the resurrection, at the ascension. And it will draw all men unto him. That's the mystery he's revealing. If I, the Son of Man, be lifted up, I will draw all men unto him, unto me. And then the second mystery he's already revealing is saying that 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 uh, that uh, that now is the judgment of the world, now shall the prince of the world be cast out. When's that happening? I will glorify the name again in a people that will possess this kingdom. There will be another resurrection, another catching away. The same way the first glorification, what was it? Where he died and rose again, proving that he was God. Proving that his name is above all names. Proving that he cannot be done away with. Proving that he's God. Everything he ever said will come to pass. He glorified it right there. He said, I'll glorify it again with what? Another resurrection that my word will never pass away. Oh, my, we've had it once again in our day. Christ perfected in threes. There was a man in our day who stood between two places. Who's a, a mess, son of God revealing thee, son of God, the son of man that could discern the very thoughts and intents of the heart? Let me tell you a little testimony from who is this Melchizedek, where Brother Renham says he's in the, the discerning ones in the audience and he says, I see this, I'm looking at a woman, I talk to this woman, I'm looking right at her because she's praying so hard for a man. Talk about standing between two places. Where's Brother Branham? This man's not here. He wasn't at the service, but she's praying for that man. And Brother Branham knows that he's praying for that man. This isn't new things to you. He says that, 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 that she, she, she told me she had a man, but she never told me nothing about it, but her name is Mister Mrs. Waldrop. She comes from Phoenix. She was raised from the dead. Her doctors come with the x-rays and showed cancer in the heart. She died in the prayer line. How long ago was that been, Mrs. Waldrop? 18 years ago. And there she sits tonight, a living testimony. Her doctors has come to the meeting. Oh, how can this woman live? And there she is, and no sign of it at all. She's brought someone. She's praying for him. Now he is dying with diabetes. Now that I knew... But being that you are praying, you know, I don't know who he is, Mrs. Waldrop. He's from Missouri. His name is Mr. Cooper. Is that right? Now you believe. Now you go back home and be well, sir. It's up to you if you believe it. I happened to pull up Sister Hattie Waldrop's testimony. She was in a bad state. 18 years before he preached, who is this Melchizedek? Her testimony was that she said that that, that, uh, she went to Dr. Weldon Baker and he had two x-rays, and he found that she had a bad case of colonitis. Her heart was enlarged from poison, which Brother Branham called cancer. And the only one-fifth of my liver was active. And there was about several stones as big as my thumbnail on the right side of my liver. And I started on a six week treatment and became very sick. So she had a very bad spell. And that the doctor said that she said, We didn't even think you'd live but two minutes. She was just that bad off. But then coming to the prayer line, and she'd come up and she said, The first thing she knew. She was was very sick. And the next day, she'd gone to service. She couldn't get a prayer card. She'd gone to another service. The next day, she was taken again. And when she reached the church, she became very sick. They brought a cot for her. She said, I don't remember when I laid down. But Branham says it 18 years later. said, you died in the prayer line. And here she comes up before him and she says, she says that the first thing I knew, Brother Branham was talking to me. So here she is outside. She doesn't even remember laying down on the cot and now all of a sudden she's up here at the platform and the next thing she remembers Brother Brown is praying for her. He says, look at me sister. Seems a strange thing to say to a dead person. It's kind of like what Jesus would say, isn't it? Weep not. You go to a grieving widow of her only son dying and tell her don't weep. You better know what you're talking about. Jesus knew exactly what he was talking about. Here's a man talking to a woman on a cot and says, look at me, sister. At first, she says, I just felt just a faint whisper. That's all I could hear. But the third time he repeated it, I tried to open my eyes. And after a while, I could see him. And he asked me if if I believed. And he told me, I said, yes, because I could see the angel standing beside you. Brother Branham says, Sister, your faith has saved you. That cancer all over your stomach, but God has healed you, every root is cursed, and you will be well. If, if you will be well if you continue to believe, although it will take a month or six weeks for this to rot away. <laughs> Careful what you agree to. She'd agreed to a six week treatment plan. And here, Brother Branham says, it's gonna take six weeks. But it's gone, if you keep believing. Hallelujah. It says in 72 hours from now, you'll be very sick and in a great pain, but just believe through it all. And the Lord spoke through Brother Branham. Amen. Amen. Just in another testimony, a sister writes in, Mrs. H.A. Towles. says, I wish I had wanted to add this testimony. Brother Branham, when you preached in Dallas last February, a year ago, I had a large lump on my breast which itched and burned and hurt me a number of years. I went up, was prayed for, for eyes and kidney trouble. I forgot for a time about the tumor, but Brother Branham took my hand and said, what about that tumor in your breast? She said, it frightened me. He prayed and I came over to one side and I sat down. She says, about that time, Satan told me, yes, it is a tumor and your faith won't help you enough. There's a sister writing in and, Testimony to Brother Branham, it's just posted online now. And it says, that, and it took a few days. Said, oh, sorry. She said, and about that time, Satan come in and said, yes, it's a tumor. Your faith won't help enough. She says, about that time, a deaf and a dumb from birth said, Mama and Jesus. Some other little child got healed that was deaf and was dumb from birth. And she come up and said, Mama, Jesus. Oh, my. And now she said, Hallelujah. And it took faith and the power come over her. She said, in just a few days, just a few days, the tumor was gone, but symptoms remained for a couple months. And I had Brother Branham send me an anointed handkerchief. And when he applied in Jesus' name, sent the power of God all through my body, and all symptoms are gone. Satan will hinder you, but if you hold on, he's still the healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my, I wanted to read those to you to help you to understand. He's the same God today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. Amen. Brother Brown says, standing in the gap, this is another story. You got a few more minutes? Yeah. All right. He says, I had an interview the other day with my brother Way, sitting here, standing here in front, a good man, but built himself around a complex, another kind of complex. Did the same thing, brother Way. You could so easily do it, if you just get a little something in your mind, keep thinking that way. You know what happened right at this moment in this message? Brother Way resented that and suffered a heart attack and died right there. And just a couple paragraphs down, Brother Branham says, Let us pray now, brother. He says, "This when the congregation begins to cry out, and Brother Branham says, Someone fainted. Just a minute. Sit still, everybody. He leaves the pulpit and prays, he Heavenly Father, let thy mercy and goodness be with Brother Way. In the name of Jesus Christ, may he come back. Give him back, Lord, and give him strength and health. Amen. Amen. So help me, his heart starts be, started beating again. Be still, everyone, and just pray. Lord Jesus, let thy goodness and mercy be with Brother Way. In the name of the Lord Jesus Oh my, he says, it's over now as I stand here at this altar where funerals has been preached, where I stand here where hundreds of people has prayed through to Christ. And I reached out, his eyes was set, his pulse was gone. There was no more than called the name of, I had no more than called the name of Jesus Christ. And his pulse started coming. As a minister of the cross, I say it in the name of Jesus Christ. Isn't he wonderful? Oh, hallelujah. He goes on the next, that night in the flashing red light, the sign of his coming, he begins to explain exactly what happened of how that brother Way had resented that and he did, had a heart attack and he died right there. But as soon as he prayed, just like Jesus, as soon as he stood, arise, as soon as Peter stood and said, arise, as soon as Paul began to wrap his arms around him, he's the same God today. He's the same one that was there in the bones of Elisha. Hallelujah. He's the same one that was there for Abraham. He's the same one that was there on earth in Jesus Christ. He's the same one that was in Paul, Peter. He's the same one that was in William Bradham. It's the same Holy Spirit. And it's the same Holy Spirit that called Brother Way in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's the same Holy Ghost that is in every regenerated believer tonight. It's not one bit different. Say, well, I don't know. If you don't know that, I'm just going to say it straight. You better get on your knees right now and repent. If you don't know God like that, that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, you better get to know him that way. Say, well, no one else is repenting brother Andrew. I don't want to stick out. If you were the only one that was called in the rapture, would you refuse it because you didn't want to be different? I wouldn't, not for a moment. So if God struck me in my heart, I'd do everything I could. If there's anything in your life, I want encourage you, bring it under the blood. It's our only hope. It was God who put his hand on the casket and told the boy to arise. It was God who took a little girl by the hand and said, arise. It was God who cried out, Lazarus, come forth. It was God. There was another time. Oh my, in the message, flashing red lights the end time as Brother Brenham begins to explain about Brother Way. He begins to call and said, you remember the time of that little woman that come up in the prayer line and she died in the prayer line? And they began to have doctors and all kinds of things. He said, I didn't see nothing, so I didn't go. He said, so they called little Branham, which was Billy, brother Billy Paul. And they called him over there, and he went to help out. He said, but then the Holy Spirit struck him. In that moment, the Holy Ghost struck him. you find it flash for the the end time. And he cried out. He just said, Mary! Yeah. And instantly she sat up and said, yes, brother Branham. Yeah. He's the same God. Yeah. the same God who backed the word of the prophet that moment he spoke in the name of Jesus Christ give him back he's the same God that spoke through a prophet that stood there on a boat said little fishy I give you back your life he cares for the little things what do you need tonight Told you it was going to be more evangelistic. What do you need tonight? We heard the song sung this morning, Satan, you can't cross the bloodline. But it said you're going to lose this battle tonight. I just took that from me. Satan, I'm coming to the pulpit tonight, and you're going to lose this battle tonight. I don't know why you're struggling with but God knows. I know what some of you are struggling with, and I know that, Brother Justice, wherever you may be, you can stand to your feet and say, it's mine. You don't have to struggle with that anymore. God is your healer. God is your deliverer. Amen, Brother Luke, where you're at. God is your healer. Think of Sister Waldrop, whose liver was no longer functioning, but God healed her 18 years later. No problems whatsoever. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God said, once, one time a writer talked about God in the Red Sea. God in the way. When, when God's children were backed up up against the Red Sea and a writer began to write about it, he says, all that happened was God looked down and the Red Sea got scared. Yeah. Hallelujah. And it began to part and it began to divide and it showed the pathway that God saw. You might not see the way through this trial. You might have heard this morning and said, that I'm either going to go through a trial or I'm in a trial or I just came out of a trial. But either way, God knows the path through every trial. Oh, Lord. May the devil get scared tonight and move on back. May God's children who are in this journey cross into the land of good health and strength. Branham says if I could ever get the Pentecostals to recognize that they're sons and daughters of God and heirs of Abraham, then no devil or thing can hold his people. God promised it. If he ain't God, then get away from it. If he is God, stay right with it. He confirms the covenant. Hallelujah. You say, oh, that was for the Pentecostal people. No he's talking to you. If you could just recognize you're a son and a daughter of God, but there ain't nothing that can hold you, then there is no devil in hell. Amen. That could stop you. Whatever do you have need of, whatever you have need of, the blessed thing is, even if you can't go to him say, Brother Andrew, it seems like I've done all I can. I've tried. I've come to the altar. I've prayed. I've sought the Lord in this. Why don't you just welcome him? Because even if you can't get to him, he'll still come to you. Just like that little Sarah woman, the woman with the blood issue. My, she couldn't get to him. She spent all her money. She'd done everything she could do. And she couldn't get a penny to get to where Jesus was. But Jesus said, I got needs to go that way. Because there's a woman who's got to touch my garment. Hallelujah. And he's never lost a battle. The same Melchizedek is the same one today. Continually making intercession on the behalf of you, the believer, the worshiper. He's our Isaac. It's the cool of the evening. Isaac came walking out into the field, if you read in Genesis, in the cool of the evening. I believe there was ripe wheat there. He was coming out, it was about the time of the harvest. And here comes Rebecca. Where are we at, church? So, oh, we got the gifts, we want the gifts. Eliezer gave her brother gifts, gave her parents gifts, the gifts are good, but only one went with him, a little Rebecca went with him, and she wasn't concerned about the gifts, they were nice, but it wasn't the topic of conversation, the topic of conversation was Isaac, what about this Isaac? Isaac. What about this one that was the same yesterday, today, and forever? What about this one who doesn't fail? What about this one who raised up Jairus' his daughter from the dead? What about this one who could call Lazarus come forth? What about this one who could die on the cross for my sin and he could raise again on the third day? What about this one who defeated death, hell, and the grave? What about this one who stood there and said, speak to the storm? What about this one who stood there and said, little fishy, I give you back your life? What about this one that said, how many squirrels do you need? What voice did you hear? Abraham heard a voice that was the call. And he heeded the call and he recognized the one who said the voice. Hallelujah. What about you? When we meet him, we shall know him, for we shall be like him. Because we heeded the call, we heard the voice. Sovereign of God, that we could recognize what that voice was. And it's lamp trimming time. The purpose of the voice arise! Jesus said it over and over arise, 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 take up that bed and walk. Arise, rise and shine. But then he told a little story about ten virgins, and he said, the voice came out, shout came. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Wake out of your sleep. Stop slumbering and sleeping and saying, Oh, it's going to be another time. Oh, it's going to be another day. Rise and trim your lap. Make ready for the coming of the Lord is that Isaac is walking in the wheat field again. Go ye out to meet him. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I wonder if we could sing that song. The random says in one place, he says that this was, this was his favorite hymn. Down from his glory. Ever living story. My God and Savior came and Jesus was his name. Born in a manger to his own, he was just a stranger. A man of sorrows, tears and agony. But oh, how I love him. How I adore him. My breath, my sunshine. He's my all in all. Someone might look at him and say, oh, he's a third person. He's the ancient. He's the Lord. He's the this. He's the that. He's God. And that settles it. And he's still God today. I'm not waiting for another day to go possess. I'm not waiting for another time to say, well, when I get to the other side, when I get to the millennium, when I get over here, I'm already walking. I'm already walking in the down payment of the fullness of who He is. See, because why, why can't I have all of it? Because I can't handle all of it. Let me just be honest with you. I wasn't born of a virgin. I can't handle all of it. I just burst at the seams. It would be that way, but just a little teaspoon of the ocean, just about the size of a button. It's the same chemicals. It's the same power. It's the same God. You might have just got just a little liquefier, and you might not be able to point at it and say, "I know when I got it, how I got it, I know what happened, I know exactly the day and the moment." But I know something changed. It's just a little something different, but God's working on me, and I'm not who I used to be. I know who I'm not who I ought to be, but I'm not who I used to be.
0: Amen. Brother Jeff. From his glory.
1: you again in Romans chapter 4. Abraham being the father of us all, said, "You quickeneth even God? For as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope. You're the seed of Abraham. You're not of this world. We're not looking around us looking for a, a time piece. You say, this is the time and this is the hour and this is where we're at. Of the times and the seasons, Paul was say, you have no need that I write unto you. Because there's something of a higher calling. You say, we're not bound by time. But if you're a creature of eternity, because you've received the eternal God into your soul. Say, how can I possess it right now? How can I possess it, overcome the devil? You've got to step from time into eternity by a new birth. That your soul no longer is bound by time. You're just living in the shackles of this body, waiting for a body change. That one day we'll step physically over across the curtain of time. Hallelujah, just like Jesus, that's why we, the difference of us and Him as the Son of God, because He never bypassed His theophany. He knew all things and He was God. He could step beyond the curtain and step right on back. And step right on back and step right on back. He's God. Yeah. Hallelujah. And He does the same thing today. Exactly like he did. He was God. He stepped from beyond the curtain of time, came down as Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and served communion over there to Abraham. Hallelujah. He stepped back across the curtain of time. Then he stepped back again, blew into a body, came down and visited Abraham again. Elohim sent his two angels down into Sodom to seek out those that would be righteous, but he stayed there, right there. So is it today. That God has stepped back across the curtain of time to dwell in a church. And that's when Brother Branham would say he's in the midst of his church receiving all of the glory. And she is him, amen. That we know we're not just of ourselves, we're not just creatures of time, but we stepped up a little higher. Are you with me? Then sings my soul. How great thou art! How great thou art! Let's sing the last verse of that song. Then Christ shall
0: come, when Christ shall come.